my hair. I just don't like it touching me. Which the longer it gets, the harder that is. <laughs> Hello everyone, my name's Dr. Ashley Moreland and <laughs> my co-host, David Masterton. Welcome to the Remind podcast where we talk all things renewing your mind. So last episode, Dave, we talked about nervous system capacity and why we are the way that we are. And mm. me being a neurophysiologist, I'm probably going to take every conversation back to the nervous system. So... Mm. In our topic today, we are going to be talking about comfort zones, which therefore has a flip side where we're also going to be talking about discomfort. My favorite topic. Boy, have I been going through a little bit with that, both comfort and discomfort all at the same time. Mm. It's great to be here, Ash. Um, or should I call you giggles today? I am a um, bit giggly today. <laughs> It must be the it must be the new mic that you got from last week that's uh, that's making you giggle or Maybe. just the overall mood. But yes, Maybe I'm dis just happy to be here. Well, I mean, and that's a comfortable thing to feel, you know, the happiness, the comfort. It's the good, comfort you know. Zone. We we enjoy it. The nervous system enjoys it, but on the other hand, the discomfort. Oh my god! Hmm. So let's let's jump right into this one. I've got plenty to share. Let's do it. I don't know why my brain just went there, but I was like, comfort zone and nervous system. I don't feel nervous when I'm comfortable. I feel safe when I'm comfortable. That's why I'm so giggly today, because I'm probably feeling safe and finding a rhythm here. Mm. Why do we call it a nervous system? I know why. It's because we call them nerves. But why can't we have a calm system or a happy system or <laughs> a safe system? <sighs> ah, so we're always looking at the exceptions of it. Okay, this makes me nervous. <laughs> I suppose, and even by definition, right? You yeah. get on my nerves, right? Yes. This is making me nervous. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, as opposed to the opposite side. But yeah, let's focus on both. Where do you want to start? Oh, all right. If you did listen to our episode from last week, you would have heard my analogy of explaining our sense of self on a scale of 100. So if we have 100%, but because of our early life experiences and the capacity, the limited capacity of our parents' nervous system, we've had to suppress ourselves down to, say, 30%. So only 30% of us was safe to be expressed which then gives us a nervous system capacity, let's say, of 30%. So in comfort zones, that's going to be really relevant. And it's relevant because when something is within our comfort zone, it means that it feels safe to our nervous system to do it. And for something to feel safe to our nervous system to do, it needs to be within our window of tolerance or within our nervous system capacity to handle the stress of that thing. So to give you an example, um, just functions of day-to-day -day life like going shopping, dropping the kids off at school, cooking dinner, getting your hair done, whatever you need to do. If you have a relatively healthy nervous system, those day-to-day -day life activities are absolutely within your comfort zone. But what happens when our nervous system becomes more dysregulated? Our capacity drops. It might go from 30 down to 10. 
And all of a sudden those tasks like grocery shopping feel absolutely impossible. So what happens is our world gets smaller and the the walls come closer and start to Mm. close in on us. So the comfort zone... Is it almost like what you're talking about here is there's a correlation between your nervous system capacity and your tolerance for anything that Mm -hmm. actually let's just say triggers the nervous system, right? So Absolutely. It's, you know, patience, um, being able to withstand, you know, sort of resilience, you know, yeah. let's just say you're a quiet person, but you've got to go out and you're hearing all these noises or mm-hmm. you're someone who typically doesn't want to get too close to people, but you're having to walk down an aisle where there's like five people and there's someone behind you, there's someone stopped in front with a trolley and all of that. It's not as though that, you know, you're, you're using your tolerance percentages, right, to try and get through all of these things. And if your nervous system or your tolerances are already quite low, then you're hitting the hard limit and you go from being able to tolerate it to something a lot more uncomfortable. 100%. It invites the discomfort. And that's why, and this is adaptable. This can change on a day-to-day basis based upon how much stress we're, we're experiencing and we're feeling. And so to give you an example of that, um, some days I can absolutely remain patient and present when my kids are arguing. Mm. But on another day where my tolerance is so much lower. Maybe I didn't get much sleep last night. Maybe I'm maybe the interest rates just rose again. Now I'm really, really feeling stress, which is filling my my stress cup. So my nervous alert. Yeah. (laughs) So my nervous system capacity for those other stimuli is so much less. All of a sudden my tolerance is less and the the um, fighting of my kids becomes outside of my comfort zone. So it it Mm. activates me. I don't have the space within my level of tolerance for that thing in that moment. And that becomes a real problem when if we, if anyone who's experienced chronic anxiety or depression or things like that, your nervous system, your tolerance for just day-to-day life gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So your safe tasks can at the extreme end you only feel safe if you're on the couch binge watching Netflix with, mm. you know, microwave popcorn and your phone in your hand with a charger Just plugged in at the wall. <laughs> stop it. That sounds too good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, um, I mean, because sometimes that's how we have to recharge, right? If you absolutely, if, if you, let's just say, for example, you've got this tolerance at, say, 30% naturally because i think one thing you talked about in the previous episode which sort of draws similar to this analogy of the 30 percent, is when when you are in your true self when you're expressing your true self and you've worked through a lot of the trauma and a lot of the things or limiting beliefs that have been holding you back that's where you can take it from a 30 to 100 everyone has the potential of 100 it's just how they sort of get there and how long it takes and Mm all of those things. So um, for someone like myself, before I even bothered um, going through all of this, driving would be a sport because let's see how many times I'm going to fly off the handle because of idiot drivers, especially when I'm running late and they not only are the drivers against me, it's a, it's the traffic signals. 
yeah. every every red light's against me, mm-hmm. right? It's now conspiring. So I've got very little capacity. Then you throw some arguing kids in the back on mm-hmm. the way to school. Then you've got a perfect recipe for like capacity goes to zero. And then I end up, come home, or you have to do something to kind of re- recharge. So yeah, I suppose recalibrate. I suppose that's what we're sort of focusing on here. So for I today's... It, I call it defragging. Do you remember how you used to have to defrag your computer? I'm sorry, computer, if you're still meant to defrag your computer. Stop it. You're just showing your age, Ashley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that used to, I, I used to enjoy watching that thing happen. The, but yeah, the, the defrag where all the stuff just compresses and then you have to yeah, end up with more space, more disk space. Get, get, gets organized. So I guess today in this episode, we're going to be talking about what is a comfort zone, the discomfort zone, and how you actually need to push through discomfort to expand your ability to feel more comfort, to be, able, to be able to expand on that 30%, to get to your 100%. It's not like you were born at 30% and that's it. Yeah. It's how do you get to that 100%? 100% guaranteed or all your money back. You are going to feel discomfort mm-hmm. and how you can do that. So um, I feel that's, especially for me, that's been a massive part of it because no one wants to feel discomfort. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like there's a bit of a misperception around pushing through. You just got to push through. I actually, from a nervous system perspective, I actually feel that can be very dangerous. And I work with a lot of clients who have pushed through and pushed through and pushed through and pushed through. Mm. But the problem is we have a nervous system literally to keep us alive. Its job is to tell us when there's a threat. Mm-hmm. And it, if something was safe, our nervous system wouldn't be activated. It's that simple. So one of two things is happening. Either our nervous system is detecting a threat where there's no real threat, which is based, which tells us that there's data stored there from our past or from some other learned behavior, or it is detecting a threat, in which case there's a real threat. And so Mm. stepping into the unknown feels very threatening to our nervous system. Say, for example, um, going live, doing a live video on your Facebook feed or Instagram, Mm. right? For a lot of people, that's outside their comfort zone. It doesn't feel safe. Their nervous system becomes activated. And if you push through that activation on a persistent basis again and again and again, what can happen is that you move from your fight and flight stress responses that says, I feel threatened right now. I need to fight. I feel threatened right now, I need to run. Both of those options are still saying, I still believe in survival. Mm. But if we ignore our nervous system and continue pushing through anyway, the only option is to freeze. And freeze is like a shutdown mode. Freeze is going, well, I tried screaming, I tried fighting, I tried running away. None of those things happened. You overrode it anyway, pushed through it. So what's the point? I'm just going to completely dissociate, completely shut down and completely numb off from all experience because I can't make the threat stop. 
Mm. But so, I, I think when we, sorry to cut you off there, but when we look at, you know, people sort of going, I know I need to do something. I know I want to feel mm-hmm. better. I know I want to fill my bucket up a bit more. I know I want to have more tolerance. I want to have all of that. How am I going to do it? Well, I mean, especially if you go back to, you know, since you talk about defrag, let's go back to the early, early 90s, right? And um, what's self-help? It's Tony Robbins. It's all of these things. You can do it. You can just get in there and you just got to use your willpower and mm-hmm. all of that very, very masculine attributes, right? Because yeah. the society still has been pushed through it. Show grit. Do this. Have determination. Be motivated. da 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 da, da. So a lot of the times that if people had to sort of say, well, how do I work through all of this? Well, a lot of the information out there, especially in the past, would have been you got to push through it. You got to just yep. sort of fix it. You've got to just let it go. Just, you know, these are all purposeful things as opposed to being able to sort of, well, how do people release it? You know, if it's if it's not pushing through it. A hundred percent. And that's where I was going to take this because... It's not enough to just expand your comfort zone by pushing through it repeatedly because that's very it can be very damaging to the nervous system. So the better approach is going, ah, oh, this this activity, this thing that I want to achieve is 50 in in terms of my window of tolerance, but I actually only have the current capacity of 30. That means that if I go from 30 to 50, my nervous system is going to scream at me because it feels like it's going to die. Mm. That feels really threatening. Mm. And so my approach is generally recognizing that my nervous system is yelling at me instead of squashing it and suppressing it and saying, shut up, I'm going to do it anyway. I turn towards it and go, okay, you're telling me, you, you are perceiving that this is unsafe. What is it that you need to know to know that even if we do this, you're going to be okay? And then my nervous system might go, I just need to know that I'm going to be okay. I need to know that blah, 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 blah. Mm. So, for instance, the live on social media, if I was processing myself honouring my nervous system, I would turn towards that screaming and say, what is it that you need to know to feel safe to go live on video? I need to know that if people see it and they think it's stupid that I'm still going to be okay. I need to know that it, if I make a mistake that I'm still safe. I need to know that blah, blah, blah. And as soon as you turn towards it and can reassure it and encourage it and nurture it, what happens? The nervous system feels seen. It eases. Mm. It releases the fear that's underlying and expands your capacity to fit the task. Mm. And it's sort of absolutely, I agree 100% with all of that. And I'd definitely sort of say that we're at a more sort of progressed level of awareness when it comes to that. So, but let's go right back to the start. Mm-hmm. When we when we first started on this, this journey, doing what you said just then felt like textbook perfect but I know when I put myself in that situation the first time, it was far from it. And so I found that in the situation, all I could feel was the anxiety, the stress, mm-hmm. the the overwhelming feeling. And it's the only thing I could do was try and suppress the outbursts that were going to come during that situation. 
And I thought at that point in time, okay, now I'm starting to deal with it, which I look back, I'm not actually dealing with it. How I dealt, how I dealt with it was later on in the reflection. And this was when journaling, especially for me, really came out because then I started to reflect because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it at the time, at the time, be, be stuffed if I could do anything, but just stop myself from just flipping out somewhere. Yeah. Someone's going to get a broken nose. Something's going to get broken. We're going to have to replace. There's going to be something I'm not going to be proud of when I, when I look back. But it was the journaling and the reflecting sort of going, what was I feeling at that time? And then going back, what were the things leading up to that? What were the things I weren't proud of? What were the things that I was proud of? Because it was baby steps. Mm-hmm. I was actually proud of that even though I felt my nervous system, and I didn't realize at the time, screaming at me, like, just get me the hell out of here, do this, mm-hmm. do that. But for some reason I couldn't because if you could just – remove yourself then you're done it was about okay processing that out but i was really proud that i kept a lid on the behaviors enough to know that i'm not going to be proud of what's going on here so that was a really important measure now just like you sort of said when i'm in that because i've been able to create that space through starting at the very start which is what i've just explained mm-hmm. through to now you do give yourself time you do give yourself permission you are gentle on yourself yeah to be aware of that and for those that are at the start of the journey it does get easier but boy there's a lot of discomfort to have to put absolutely a on. absolutely and i feel like that's a real cultural thing whether we turn away from things because turning away from things is turning towards something else if i'm turning away from and rejecting or denying the discomfort or the activation of my nervous system, I'm turning towards something else that feels more comfortable. It's just that the things that we turn towards are often really shitty coping mechanisms like Mm. alcohol, food, sex, binge watching Netflix, social media, those coping mechanisms, the things that we turn towards when we are in fact turning away from that activation and the communication that our nervous system is trying to have with us, we turn towards things that are going to bring us instant gratification, pleasure and numbing. Mm. So those things are actually doing a very good job of keeping our comfort zone really nice and small. And that's where they, the, the terminology, you know, get out of your comfort zone, push through the discomfort Mm-hmm. to expand your comfort zone because and and we're, we're not alone our society is built on comfort it yes. is we pay for convenience that's why we have uber that's why we have netflix that's why you know even a simple thing like hot showers mm-hmm. do we need hot showers actually no as a species we don't need hot showers you know it's actually more beneficial for us cold showers get me started <laughs> i love i love this cold submersion stuff Actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right into this. We don't actually need hot showers. But what a cold shower does is terrifying. Yeah. Doing a because cold it's, submersion. It's activating. Cold yeah. water, cold water immersion is actually one of, from a research perspective, when we're doing like pain research, where cold water immersion activates noxious stimuli in the body, uh, noxious receptors, nociceptors. And when we're doing that, 
it activates our stress responses in the body. And so I teach people when uh, one of the strategies that I teach people when they're trying to expand the capacity of their nervous system and yeah, well, do exactly that is to have a cold shower because when you have a cold shower and you feel that suffocating (gasps) stress response come active Mm. in the body, the brain networks that become activated are your fast and furious networks. They are the fast and furious networks. Stress response comes about and goes, you're about to die. So what happens? Your heart rate increases, blood flow increases, your respiratory rate changes, and all these stress signals happen. But what it allows you to do if you continue to practice this, what it allows you to do is to actually activate different brain networks that are responsible for your slow and curious thinking and that's the difference Mm. between reaction fast and furious versus a response which is slow and curious completely different pathways in the brain so the way that I do that is I will stand in the shower and I will look at my shampoo and go that's my shampoo I'm safe that's my conditioner I'm safe I'm in my shower I'm safe this is it's it's just cold water I'm safe and by activating that slow and curious brain network I'm expanding the capacity of my nervous system to recognize that the stimulus that's actually happening right now, yes, it's uncomfortable, but it's not a threat. Mm. And what did we do, you know, before hot water? I mean, what's the invention of hot water? Like it was, you know, hundreds of years ago, right? How long have we been around for? What were we doing before bars? We were in creeks, we were in rivers, we were in beaches. Totally. Funny, Do you know what I funny... did last night? What's last that? night, I was like, oh, Steve wasn't home. And I was like, man, my feet are really cold. I'm not going to be able to sleep with cold feet. I need to warm my feet up. But I didn't want to hop in the shower. So I sat on my my um, bathroom bench with mm. my feet in the basin with just really warm water pouring over <laughs> my feet just wow. so that I could be comfortable enough to hop in the bed. And it's not lost on me how privileged that is. Mm. That is so privileged. Well, it's not a need, but it gave me more comfort. Well, I've this is not my own research because I'm not a researcher, not a doctor, but I, I did watch one of the podcasts with Andrew, Andrew Huberman about cold water submerging. And uh, the biggest takeaways are that the, the process the body goes through in cold water submersion can only be done through cold water submersion and has so many benefits for argument's mm-hmm. sake. You can burn more calories through cold water submersion than you can through cardio mm-hmm. because the definition of a calorie is how much you can heat a litre of water one degree. Yes. So if you lose a lot of calories that way, through heat, your body has to replace it, especially if you replace it naturally as opposed to hopping into mm-hmm. a, uh, warm, a shower. warm shower. Yeah, Adrenaline kicks in massively um, with it, but cortisol, uh, yeah, the stress hormone, doesn't. But adrenaline does, apparently, mm-hmm. according to this research. And dopamine um, kicks in at a level only just best, you know, some of your best narcotics dopamine levels in cold water submersion and the other thing is with your best narcotics they probably have a a shelf life in your system about 20 minutes the dopamine with a cold water submersion it lasts actually longer Mm -hmm. much longer hours and so 
the, the ability for the body to also turn yellow fat or white fat into brown fat and all of these type of things, the body was built to actually feel discomfort. I mean, the body, we haven't evolved that far from having to bathe in the cold to bathe mm. in the warm. It's just but, information. But no one's, no one's, yeah, and it's becoming a lot, it's becoming a lot more prevalent, but it's that discomfort. And I do it a lot um, in the creek that I have on my property because I'm fairly fortunate. But it, what it allows you to do is after a while, you realize even though your body feels like it's dying or just the images it throws at you, get out, get out, get out, you know, mm-hmm. what if there's a snake in the water what if there's this what if you're going to cramp and fall over and knock your head and pass out and bleed out to death like the body makes up some fascinating things to say just get the hell out of there mm-hmm. but you're but you're okay and so um i've also found as a technique and this is probably why i brought it up that one way to put yourself in a position where you know you're going to feel discomfort and to put yourself in a safe container as opposed to, right, I'm going out to the shops and it's going to trigger the hell out of me. But you go into a shower, you're putting yourself in a position where you can realize, okay, I'm deliberately going to do this. I'm going to feel the discomfort and I'm, going to, observe, I'm going to observe myself. I'm going to observe mm. what's going on and then maybe some journaling afterwards as mm-hmm. to what came up because some of those things that come up <laughs> – those fears that your body wants to throw at you to get you out, I've also found to be amazing clues as well. Massively. It's so powerful. And so really the moral of our story, guys, is that when it comes to comfort zones and the alternate to comfort zone is the growth zone, it's mm. not, it is the uncomfortable zone, the discomfort zone, but the the opposite to the comfort zone is the growth zone and you might find so many aspects of your life where you want to grow and it's going to be uncomfortable that means changing the way you do things that means doing something that feels scary for you but whatever that thing is for you that is outside your current capacity and that currently freaks you out ask yourself those questions ask yourself If my nervous system was only screaming at me because it felt like this thing was a threat, what does my nervous system need to know to actually realize that I'm still safe? If I do this thing, even if it's a monumental screw up, if I do this thing and take this risk and step out in faith, what does my nervous system need to know to know that I'm actually still going to be okay? Write it down. Start journaling. That is Anyone can do that. If you can recognize those warning signs of activation in your nervous system, all that feels like is the onset of the anxiety, the racing heart, the warmth, the all those physical symptoms. When you observe that, that's your nervous system talking to you. It's saying, I feel really unsafe right now. So when you can ask those questions, sit with it. What we would really love to know in the comments, contact us, try this. And let us know what your experience is. Let us know the things that your nervous system did need to know and what things became possible for you to achieve now because they previously were outside of your comfort zone that now you've been able to smash out of the park because we're with Mm. you and we want to celebrate with you. Love it. Absolutely life-changing. Because again, again, the thing is your comfort zone is not static. 
when you no. step outside of your comfort zone, you feel discomfort. It's not a hard boundary when you, mm -hmm. so some people, and I was one of those things, you hear the saying, but you don't necessarily take it in. If I step outside of my comfort zone, it's uncomfortable. It will always stay uncomfortable. No, it actually grows. So it means that you're wanting to feel comfort in you know certain situations when you're pushing the comfort zone that that is possible. But certainly, um, this has been um, a fairly Short comfortable today. It is. It is. It's a it's a comfortable length. I would definitely say, um, Ash. It's been amazing. Um, again, second week with a new microphone. Loving it. Um, so I really, for, I really want to hear from our listeners, Dave. I really want absolutely. I want to hear from people. I want to hear their experiences. I want, I want to, even if there's something that we've touched on where you've got a question and you want us to touch on that question, maybe we should dedicate a whole episode one day mm. just to responding to listeners' questions. I'm, I'm going to push your comfort zone, Ashley, mm. on, this, on this episode. If we get enough people requesting it, we do a live. Absolutely. Completely, I would love that. Completely live. Unscripted. We're, we're always unscripted, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name's David. Uh, no, no, exactly right. So maybe what we can do is start to really push that into there so we can have people, when we go live, people can comment and then ask questions. Yeah. We can answer back. We can do things like that. So guys, um, and obviously that live only really applies to YouTube, um, but anyone who's listening on the podcast, still let us know so guys drop it in the comments section what do you think do you like the idea anything you want us to talk about mm. let's we'll be uncomfortable with you because we're, we're going to grow through all this um <laughs> ashley is comfortable with every with everything no, so don't worry don't true. worry listeners we will find something yes you will that's going to make us so very uncomfortable and it's going to be um it's going to be delightful i know it sounds a bit a bit crazy but anyway um, absolutely thank you ash it's been amazing absolutely thanks so much dave thanks everyone we'll see you next time bye bye